I want my kids to be prepared for life. Do you agree? I mean, a holistic view of life, prepared emotionally and socially, prepared academically and with wisdom, prepared spiritually and with discernment for their life purposes, prepared physically with healthy habits. That preparation doesn't begin when they're 16. It begins from a very early age. So we're going to talk about all of this in our new series, Preparing My Child to Soar Beyond the Nest. Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Emma, and this podcast is about me. Well, it's also about my older siblings and what we've taught our parents. I mean, what they've learned from raising us. I have one sister who's in high school, two brothers in college, and three married siblings. Did I tell you I'm an aunt too? So as you can tell, my family is quite a handful. Mom says that even with all her mistakes and our imperfections, our family is a masterpiece designed by God. And God has placed on my mom's heart a passion for helping all her mom friends to know that your family is a masterpiece designed by God too. Mom has written a series of books called Your Family, God's Masterpiece. And those books are full of practical ways to help all you moms find your focus to be the masterpiece God intended for your family to be. If you'd like to find out more from the Practically Speaking Mom, you can visit our online home at practicallyspeakingmom.com. Hope to see you there. Oh wait, I think Mom's got something to say too on the podcast. Welcome to our new series, Equipping Our Kids to Soar. Now, I love, love, love the topics that we're going to be covering in this series. And I also love that some of my kids will be able to join me in the upcoming episodes. So that's super fun to me. When the kids are in the studio, even though they'll be in here one at a time, it doubles my fun on the podcast. And I hope it doubles the impact for you because you get to hear a real life example of the different things that we talk about. And I love that. For example, next week, my college son, Andrew, will join me in the studio to talk about the following things. So it's kind of a lot, but here they are. Work ethic, having a realistic standard of excellence, time management, diligence, managing the pressures of adult responsibilities, having balance in our lives, decompressing from toxic environments or people, people skills such as gaining favor with bosses and professors. And well, all of that are things that we touch on next week. This week is also going to have lots in it in our first episode of Equipping Our Kids to Soar. We're starting with framework that we need for this concept. And it's going to sound familiar to you in some ways, because this framework stems from my material called Raising a Luke 252 Kid. If you have not heard episode 14, I really hope that you will take some time this week to go back and listen to that. I talked to you in in episode 14 about a method raising a Luke 252 kid, which I use and have been using for the past couple of decades as I've raised my seven kids, a method of evaluating and goal setting for each one of them twice a year. Today, we're kicking that up a notch for me to give you some additional concepts that I do with that original base method. 
But I should also clarify for you, if you have been to one of my coffee break events, then you learned another aspect of Luke 2.52 that I do called diagramming a difficulty in my child's life. If you have not been to a coffee break event for that small group experience with me and other intentional moms, send me an email if you are wanting to participate in one of those coffee break events where we go over the diagramming difficulty in my child's life. So you would send me an email to val at practicallyspeakingmom.com and let me know what city you're in and let me know if you're willing to help host or just want to attend. So let me know those things and we'll see. Uh, if others also say something from your city, and we'll see what we can pull together. Now, today I'm introducing a new layer of Luke 252. I will be giving you a lot today, but please don't get overwhelmed because I have some good news for you. I will be giving you a checklist that goes with this series, a checklist of things that we're talking about that can kind of be a roadmap for you in things that you're going to be wanting to equip your kids with over time. So (laughs) with that being said, let's get started with more intentional right now. Recently, my husband and I were sitting in the backyard of my grown son Nathan's house uh, with he and his wife, Caitlin, and we were talking about the fact that they had some blue birds in the backyard at the moment and that they had built a nest in the front yard. And when the baby birds were still really little, they had pushed them out of the nest and a cat had got one of these birds that was definitely too young to be flying. We talked about the contrast of the bluebirds and how they pushed them out of the nest too soon to barn swallows that used to live in our house when we lived in Kansas, not live in our house. (laughs) They lived on the front porch a couple of times a year. These same birds would build their nest on our front porch. And it was always really fun to watch the whole life cycle of the birds and the nests and the teaching them to fly. When it was time to teach the little ones to fly, which by the time they were teaching them to fly, they were pretty big by then. I mean, they actually were almost as big as the full grown ones. They definitely had good feathers and all that versus the blue jays who had knocked theirs out of the nest when they hardly had feathers at all. So when the barn swallows would be teaching their kids to fly, they would call back all their former kids. And so you'd have a whole bunch of barn swallows and they would get in this big circle. And when it was the each one's turn in the circle, they would swoop in close to the nest and make a loud squawk like they were saying, see, watch how I do this. And then they would fly out. And it was so, so cool to watch this process happen over and over again, as this mama and daddy barn swallow would have each of their kids and teach them to fly. And I want to be more like the barn swallows that really have equipped my kids by the time they leave the nest. And and it's not about what age is best. That is not at all what I'm talking about. It could be that even an older child that leaves the nest, if they're unprepared for life, then we're giving them a much more difficult start. We want them to start strong. How do we do that? 
So I just want you to imagine, you know, that you and I have sat down with a cup of tea today and you've asked me that question and I'm going to tell you what's on my heart about the different characteristics that I feel like are essential. And what we're really going to be looking at is not just the life skill essentials, but how do I do this? What is the process of equipping our kids? And this is going to be a whole series of information for you guys. So as I just said, it's not age that dictates readiness to leave the nest. When it's time for them to permanently leave, we want them to be confidently flying. Getting them there takes years of preparing. This series is about what to do in those years. You want them to be prepared in the four aspects of life that I talk about a lot in Luke 2.52, where God gives us this so simple prescription of what are the parts of us as people and that we are a constantly growing people. So in Luke 2.52, it says Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. Those four areas of life. You could say soul, spirit, mind, body, but it really begins with you. How can you equip them if you're not actively, wholeheartedly committed to self-growth in these four areas yourself? I'm not talking about waiting until you're perfect before you help them grow and begin equipping them. If you equip them with the correct tools for growth, they're actually going to surpass you in probably all four of these areas. And that is awesome. You're setting an example in the act of growing not in the existing of perfection. As you pursue growth, in the process of pursuing, God will be revealing wisdom to you that you can pass on to your children in their pursuit of growth. For example, perseverance or the benefits of hard work. You know, if you haven't been someone who works hard, you really can't inspire them in that area, right? You haven't lived it. You have not experienced the benefits of hard work. Or let's say suffering. You know, all of us go through suffering. Do we grow from our suffering? When we do, then when our kids are in the middle of suffering, we're able to say, I know this is hard. And I am so sad and feel such compassion for you right now in your suffering, but I want you to know you will be okay on the other side of this, and there will be lots of growth that happens in this suffering, and that God loves you even though it doesn't feel like it right now. You know, those kind of things that you can say because you walked through the journey of your life embracing God being with you and identifying the lessons to learn along the way. So it really does begin with you. It starts with the right perspective and having a holistic view of life. So while yes, you've heard me talk about raising a Luke 252 kid before, and I really hope you'll go back and listen to that episode. I'll put in the show notes a link to that episode because it is so foundational to our ability to intentionally parent our kids. Uh, So I have to start there. I have to start with a holistic mindset of the different areas of our child's life and that we want them to be growing in those four areas. And likewise, we've got to be growing in those areas too, because it is our growth process that equips us to be able to teach them 
the skills they need for these different four areas as well. Now, in all of these four areas, as I talk to you about them, I want you to think about the fact that what we're doing is first letting them experience life in good habits. And this is before they're at an age where they are able to produce self-discipline in these areas, right? Think of it this way. Let's say you just, your kids lived in a totally trashed house all the time, a total disaster mess. Well, then when they're at the age where they can be providing self-discipline in the area of cleaning up after themselves, how well are they going to do it? Like what is going to be their concept of their environment? It's going to be a pretty low concept, right? So let's let them live in the lifestyle of healthy, both healthy body, healthy mind, healthy heart, healthy relationships. We want them to live in the state of healthiness. And so that's so working on us as parents, because for us to be able to focus on it with our kids, obviously it has to be in the front of our minds as we're developing it in ourselves. So the four areas, let's start with developing them physically. So from a young age, we need to be thinking about their nutrition and their exercise and their sunlight, you know, all of the things that make up healthy physical them. So as they experience a healthy physical lifestyle, then as they get to an age where they can, where we can be equipping them to be aware of the different aspects of their health, then working them into some self-disciplined skills with the different aspects of their health. Uh, it really all begins with them experiencing it first. So we're looking at them physically, their nutrition, their exercise, their sleep, their sunlight. And then we have the next category of their life, which is their relationship with God. It's their soul. So their relationship with God habits, they need to be experiencing what does a healthy relationship with God look like. It looks like being in fellowship with other believers. It looks like reading the Bible and knowing the Bible. It looks like times of praising God regularly. It looks like being in habits of honoring others and honoring God and honoring our time, because that's who he's designed us to be. So we've got the God relationship habits. We also have God moments. We want to be not just getting them in the legalistic habits of the God part of their life, you know, of the relationship with God part of their life, but we want them to truly be knowing that he is real and he's personally loving us and involved in our lives and being there for us and providing for us. We want him to know he's real. And so an effective way to do that is identifying the God moments in their days. So that's identifying that, well, look at the sunshine God gave us today, or look at the life cycle of barn swallows and how cool is it that God designed this whole thing? Or like yesterday, I was talking with the girls about what are the different systems in life that God created where all these different things require functioning together for the whole system to work. So we were just brainstorming, like there's a water cycle, there's a food chain, there's the different parts of a, of every cell 
I, I could go on and on, but you know, we were just brainstorming. What are the different things that God has created, the different systems that he's created? How about the human body? You know, we've got the internal organs and we've got our skin and we've got our muscles and we've got our bones and how it is essential to have all of those. So anyway, having these God discussions helps our children to see that God is real. Now, there's another aspect of God moments, and that is we want to see him actively involved in our lives. So that can be letting them know what you're praying about and the answers to prayer that come, or when they're feeling stressed out, praying with them, identifying God moments. I have learned as a mom that God moments are fleeting. If we don't take the opportunity right then, when God presents it to us, it's gone. And that one just can't be recovered as well as if we had done it in the moment. God moments, looking for those times throughout the day. And in fact, I have a little analogy for you. We have this fruit and vegetable stand that's not too far from our house that after I go to work out at the gym, I will often stop at this stand and buy some fruits and vegetables, especially through the summer months. Now it just turned fall, so I'm sure the stand will be gone soon. But what I noticed through the summer was that if I didn't use the fruits and vegetables quickly, that I missed the opportunity of when they were just perfectly ripe. I mean, for example, yellow squash, I love it. But if if you wait too long to eat it, its skin gets so thick that it is super unpleasant to eat. No matter how long I cook it, it remains this tough material that's just unpleasant and has lost its flavor. And God moments are like that. As moms, we want to be watching for them throughout the day so that we can stop what we're doing and help our kids identify God at work in our lives. So let's move on. We want them to have good relationship health. They've got to give up immature habits. And really that starts with us examining us, mom. We've got to give up immature habits that are tearing down their good example that's keeping them malnourished in their most vital human relationship, yours. How is your relationship with your child? Are you having trouble controlling your temper? Hey, I can identify, man, I was raised with the concept that it's not a big deal to just kind of fly off the handle. And my parents were so loving and they were so well nourishing of me as a person in all the other areas that I was okay anyway. But then I carried that trait on to my kids and they aren't okay with that. It's not what's best for them. And so I needed to nourish a healthy relationship between myself and them so that they're not malnourished in human relationships, in the habits and experiencing healthy relationships. So do whatever it takes to become emotionally stable and healthy. Now, how do I do that? I've got to spend time with God daily. He is my provider of of even self-control. I've got to work on my wounds. All of us have wounds. And the more we can work on our wounds and, and find healing there, you know, pray for healing in this area. Seek professional help if needed. Have some friends who tell you the hard things 
about you instead of what you want to hear. If you have friends that are only making you feel better about staying how you are, then you need some new friends. Okay, let's look at another area. So that was relationship health. And I'm just, you know, barely touching the surface on these things, but give them mental growth habits as well. So we're looking at Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with man, or we could say body, heart, soul, and mind. So we're going to talk for a minute about their mind. Give them mental growth habits. Challenges you know, challenge them, give them routine versus a scattered lifestyle, give them time for imagination and creativity and problem solving and discovery, give them habits of protecting their minds. You know, we've got to protect our minds from this technology that wants to warp and crush any creativity and you you know the, the negatives of too much technology. We also want to equip them to protect not only their minds, but to protect their bodies and their souls and protect their heart and relationships, equipping them with the skills that they need to protect themselves, to have boundaries, to advocate for themselves. First starts with us giving them that kind of life so that they live in it and experience it. And this is what normal is then so that they go on to maintain that level of normal. However, your life is looking is what they're going to see as normal. So we have to keep that in mind. Looking at advocating for themselves, for example, first advocating for them, speaking up and not letting people step into their what should be protected for them in all the four areas of life. So if someone is verbally mistreating them, speaking up for them, and then as they get older, equipping them to speak up for themselves, gradually equipping them to advocate for themselves in all four areas of life, physically, so their body, advocating for themselves mentally, and you know, learning some boundaries of people trying to control their thinking and telling them that there's only one way to think and don't, don't research for yourself and, and don't think for yourself. You know, that kind of thing. We are teaching them to advocate for themselves in the four areas of life. So again, what we're doing in all of these four areas is we're giving them what they need, allowing them to experience the habits of healthy living. And then over time, gradually equipping them to have self-discipline in these four main areas of life and adding in over time self-regulation. How can they learn to balance and regulate them themselves and keeping appropriate levels in, in all of these four areas? And then also adding in skills to advocate their own protection of boundaries in the four areas. Now, an example of advocating for yourself in Daniel 13, 17 through 18, when he has to speak up to the magistrate, this is what he says. This is an example of healthy, uh, a healthy way to advocate for yourself, even to people in authority, like a professor, for example. In this case, it's Daniel and the of the magistrate. So the God we serve, this is Daniel talking, the God we serve is able to deliver us from this. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, 
that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So he speaks respectfully. He he addresses him as your majesty. And I can imagine him being humble in what he says while also confident. So that is an example of a healthy way to advocate for yourself, equipping our kids to do that. Now, there's some other aspects that we need uh, for helping our kids be ready to soar out of the nest. Uh, One of those is learning God's will for your life. And that is a whole topic that I hope to take an episode in this series to do just that. So we're going to move on from that one. But that's a very important aspect that I want for my kids in adulthood. I want them to be confident about how do I have such a relationship with God that I know his will for my life? And I don't mean necessarily 10 years from now, but God's will for today in this moment, in this situation, what should I do? So I want them to be not only identifying God's will, but being aware that they want God's will for their life. So how how do we work on this? And of course, you and I both know that ultimately, as adults, that is going to be a choice they make of whether they want to have God first in their life and pursue His will and His ways. But as children, we want to equip them by letting them experience a life where that is taking place. Intentional Mamas, I've got great news. The checklist is ready for you. So if you are on my Monday email list, you should be receiving it in your email the day that this publishes. And then for those of you who are not part of my Monday email list, go to practicallyspeakingmom.com. And if you click on resources and then scroll down and look for equipping them to soar checklist that goes with episode 107. And that will be there for you. And then if you want to be a part of my Monday email list, scroll to the bottom of the page there at practicallyspeakingmom.com and enter your email. And that's all it takes. I told you a lot today, and maybe that feels overwhelming to you. And I just want to tell you again, that this is something that is over time, over years of time. It's not something that you implement all of these things all at once. But if you want to keep in mind the four steps that we've talked about today for a holistic lifestyle for your kids, step one is parents model self-evaluation and growth in the four areas of life yourself. And that is growth, not perfection, but the four areas being spiritual, physical, mental, and social. We want to always be growing, just letting our kids see that mama knows she's not perfect, but she's working on it. And so just talking to them about it. And then number two, continually seek to create and maintain a home environment that focuses on developing these four areas of life as a family unit. And number three, Around, well, upper elementary and middle school, they are going to be ready to begin equipping them, equipping your child to self-evaluate and set goals in these four areas of life. And then finally, number four, throughout their lives, whether they are young or old, be their biggest cheerleader in this process of holistic living. Holistic, root word holo, from Greek meaning whole. 
God introduced the holistic approach of living in Luke 2.52 when he said that Jesus was growing in these four areas. Alrighty, mamas, we'll see you next week. 